You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, we're in In space. That's right. On this week's episode of the podcast, we are going to the final frontier of every horror movie franchise. Or the fourth frontier if you're Leprechaun or Hellraiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not really the final frontier, but I, I would say every fuck it, every every space movie in a franchise of horror films has to be the last in line, right? Like every other Friday the Thirteenth movie that ever comes out now until the end of time. Oh, like chronologically. Takes, oh, yeah, it all yeah. takes place before Jason X. I mean, I still have my fingers crossed for a Jason X point two or Jason two point X X X to the power of two. Can I can I blow your mind right now? Please blow my mind. Uh, somebody on Twitter was telling me that there are novelized sequels to Jason X. What? Yeah, like he was talking specifically about Jason X Part Three. That's wonderful. We should read them and then make miniature screenplays of them and reenact them on the podcast. Oh yes, I'm into it. <laughs> I get to play Jason X. <laughs> That's what I'm doing it right now. <laughs> Every every little scrap of silence in the rest of this episode is just you and Jason X cosplay. Just picture me head tilting. Mm? <laughs> <laughs> That's your Jason. <laughs> like I turn a corner and I I I, I hear and I'm like oh we gotta hide and I turn a corner and then mm? <laughs> like threatening. <laughs> I'm a very inquisitive Jason. Chilled to my bones. I, I took some some creative liberties with the role. He's grown a lot in space. Before we get into this week's films, in which I don't know if we said them all officially, we are talking about Jason X and Leprechaun 4 in space. Before we talk about those two films, John, what's keeping you creepy this week? Since last week's episode, of course, Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man has come out. Uh, We saw it opening day, but that was the very same day we dropped a podcast, so we haven't had a chance to talk about it on the podcast proper. We do have a full spoiler-filled review of our immediate thoughts after leaving the theater over at Patreon, Um, but spoiler-free, what did you think of it, Kim? Um, you know, to be honest, I haven't thought about it in like a week or so, so it's it's kind of... It's already gone. It's already out. Is that terrible to say? <laughs> no. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really fun theater experience. It was very tense because there's a lot of the movie where you don't see the villain, obviously. So you are put in the weird position where you're trying to be very attentive and you're almost playing detective while you're watching the movie, which was a really fun way to do uh, suspense. Unfortunately, the story for me was a little bit like, meh. But if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, if you haven't gone to the theater to see it, I know coronavirus now, everybody going to the theater is going to be, um, I guess, a personal preference or not. We're still going. We're going to see The Hunt and oh, yeah. and we're going to see a Quiet feature, Place yeah. next week. 
we're just bringing hand sanitizer and coughing into our bag of popcorn. I mean, I mean not coughing at all. <laughs> no. We are going to enjoy, hopefully, an empty movie theater. I mean, hopefully not. I hope the fucking movie theater's packed. I hope it's not packed. I hope it's empty. Well, I mean, I want movies to continue making money. But yeah. I just, yeah. I'm, I'm in agreement with you. The story of The Invisible Man, very small, very, very small and limited. It doesn't really go to some of the places I'd like it to. And also, it just... Without spoiling anything that you may already know, um, it makes a fundamental choice. Regarding invisibility. That seems like a spoiler. Is it? Anyway, it makes that choice, and I think it just kind of flies in the face of what I think of as an Invisible Man story, and just the Invisible Man property. Um, so I, I, you gotta make peace with that, or just be mad about it. Um, <laughs> those are your two options. You sound a little butthurt. <laughs> I'm a little butthurt. Here's the thing, though. Lee Winnell, it's no surprise the guy can build a great scare, like the same way that James Wan can. They were a creative team for so long, and he does an incredible job of, of ramping up tension in a scene, and, and cruelly... Leaving it unresolved. There are some really great nighttime sequences. So much so that, I mean, providing, you know, movie theaters are still open in three weeks. I'd like to see it again before it leaves theaters. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 It's a great movie to see in the theater. I don't think you're going to get the same experience at home. Um, You need as big of a screen as possible to see if you can see him touch a drape. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mentioned briefly, too, The Hunt is out this week. The long-awaited, canceled and reborn, sort of The Purge meets Hunger Games meets Election Year. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it looks exactly like that. It's essentially the most dangerous game. You know, some rich people are hunting some people for fun. I assume they're poor. I don't know. Uh, Based on the trailers, I have no idea how this movie got canceled. Yeah. Like, it really got canceled by people who hadn't seen it. I think they had to reveal a bit of the surprise in the newer trailers. Which is a bit of a bummer. Because now I'm thinking we know what the the 40-minute twist is going to be. Yeah. But... I'm still excited for it. It looks really fun. It's got some really great actors in it that I really enjoy. Um, So yeah, I'm excited. It looks a lot funnier than I expected it to be, that's for sure. I didn't expect it to be a comedy, but it looks like it might be. Yeah, I know. I'm super pumped. So we're going to be catching that um, tonight, I guess, when this this drops. So we're catching it this weekend. We'll be throwing a review on the website at unofspodcast.com this weekend. And we'll be having a bonus Drive Home from the Drive-In review over on Patreon, that episode will go live also this weekend, and we'll be sharing our immediate thoughts leaving the theater. Speaking of Patreon, of course, I want to give a big shout out to our most recent supporters, Michael, Cassidy, Abby, uh, a second Abby, a clone Abby, I think. All right, the two of you Abbies fight it out and figure out which <laughs> ones stay, and we can, we can only have one Abby. Uh, only one of you can come to space. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. Not to bury the lead here, but these few people don't actually know that that you have been pre-selected to be frozen in carbonite or... Oh, this is a great spot. So later on... (laughs) 
I know we're all over the place. Get used to it. The next hour is going to be wild. Um, but at some point in this podcast, I refuse to use the term liquid nitrogen and instead refer to it as nitroglycerin. So Did you look up, up what ni- nitroglycerin is? No, but I think it's in I... shampoos. Oh, <laughs> I, no I was going to say it sounds like it's a plastic explosive. <laughs> it might be. Maybe that's why I'm confusing it. No idea. May- <laughs> and also in terms of shampoo, maybe I'm just thinking of glycerin are there any more patrons that you didn't mention there are coming with us to the future 24 55 in our crypto crypt uh, <laughs> our creepy crypto crypt uh is also jesse kayla brandon and brianna now i can't help but think that that brianna is a cleverly disguised brandon who doesn't want to fight and the other brandon like the abbeys before brave enough to put their names out there i'm tired of this these this doppelganger situation <laughs> I've only got space for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of you. So you figure out who's coming. And whoever's left gets to press the button, I guess. <laughs> You're going to trust whoever you kick <laughs> out. Yeah, right. <laughs> the one, we don't have room, Jake, but we do need you to press the button. So <laughs> if you could just turn that dial to exactly the right temperature, that'd be great. Thank you again so much for your support of Nightmare on Film Street. Uh, I hope you enjoy all the hours of bonus content available to you at patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. And now that it's March, we are celebrating a few things this month. We are obviously Space Month. We're talking about Leprechaun 4. We're talking about Jason X. We have a ton of space content over at nofspodcast.com. And it is also Smarch. Lousy Smarch. With its lousy Smarch weather. (laughs) It's springish, almost spring, still sort of winter. Weather's gross, disgusting. So we are celebrating bad weather. With the ultimate night in, we are doing a huge giveaway over at nofspodcast.com slash smarch, that is S-M-A-R-C-H, and we are giving away a huge prize pack. We've got some Blu-ray steel books of Night of the Demons and Slumber Party Massacre. Not They're- jealous at all. Don't don't want to just keep that. <laughs> we don't just not demons. own those for ourselves. <laughs> uh, a horror art coloring book, some pencil crayons, some good pencil crayons, a Treehouse of Horror, Funko Pop, Nightmare on Film Street merch, a t-shirt, some pins, some swag, and a Trivial Pursuit, a horror edition of Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, board games, creepy movies, comfy clothes, it's everything you need to to wait out the winter. Or, you know, now. Also, yeah, when we totally planned this, we did not plan like (laughs) Horror Night in because everybody's going to be in because of the coronavirus. (laughs) Here we are talking about, please go to the movies. Please don't stay inside. By the way, if you do want to stay inside and be an indoor kid, we've got the perfect thing for you. Yeah, so you can enter that giveaway at nofspodcast.com slash smarch. It is open all of March and we'll be picking three winners, one grand prize winner and two follow-ups. They're going to win some sweet stuff. Also, if you're listening to this the day the podcast drops, it is currently Friday the 13th Eve, known elsewhere as Thursday the 12th. (laughs) Don't laugh. (laughs) It was funny. And of course, we can think of no better way to spend a Friday the 13th with the world as such a dangerous place (laughs) as it is right now by staying inside and hosting a live stream. We're going to be playing the Friday the 13th games. (laughs) We're going to be live streaming that at twitch.tv slash Nightmare on Film Street at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Friday. And if you are a Patreon supporter, you can actually play with us. Uh, You just need a PlayStation, obviously the game, the Friday the 13th, the game. And there's details over at the Nightmare on Film Street Patreon page at patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. 
And that's Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. All right, let's get into it. Let's strap ourselves in, fire these rockets, get up into that stratosphere. Is that the first one or is it the last one? What are, do you know the layers of the... The atmosphere? No. There's so many of them. <laughs> Leprechaun doesn't know the layers of the atmosphere. Let's just talk about Leprechaun. Oh, yeah, sure. We could just do that. Leprechaun 4, in space. Good evening. He's back. <coughs> Ready for romance. She loves me. Ready for excitement. This barbecue's only just begun. <laughs> Ready for murder. Destroy him. You ball-busting bitch. Hold it right there, pilgrim. As Shakespeare said, shit happens. <laughs> you as a monster. You look much taller in person. This is far too violent. What did you shoot him with? Steroids? <laughs> Leprechaun 4. Leprechaun in space. Okay, so Leprechaun 4 in space is currently sitting at 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh boy. Yeah, I think our first 0% movie on the podcast. I think so. And hopefully not our last. <laughs> uh, it's, it also has a 3.5 out of 10 on IMDb and 1.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Believe it or not, Kim, Roger Ebert didn't review this one. <laughs> oh, wow. 0%. Can I ask you a quick question? Oh, sure. Did you, because we're not, we're not huge leprechaun people. Did you figure out? how they got from Leprechaun 3 to Leprechaun 4? No idea. I'm so glad because I didn't look it up either and I think right now we should we should try and... I, I don't think I, there is. You think there's no connective no. tissue between Leprechaun 3 and 4? No, because... Wow. So I did look it up just just to know like the order of which the, the Leprechauns were. Is Leprechaun 3 in the hood? No, Leprechaun oh. 5 is in the hood. Okay. Or at least I think it's 5. The third one is in Vegas. No way. So how he goes from Vegas to space, I doubt there's an explanation. I'm sure he just dies at the end of Vegas and then that means the beginning of Leprechaun 4 where he's wooing this random space princess a hundred who knows how many years in the future I assume this is, is his planet right like this is where he's hanging out you think he's an alien I don't think he's an alien but it's John it seems, no you can't no. put this you no, no, can't no, no, put no, no, these no, no. theories he's out got so a vacation house on a planet far off in the other side of the galaxy <laughs> in a cave somewhere <laughs> he's got furniture all of his gold is there. He's got yeah, big he's, gold. He's magical. He can apparate it. But I guess, yeah, why would he leave it on Earth? Where is his gold when it's... Because doesn't he leave it in that truck at Jennifer Aniston's house? Also, we've expanded from gold. Like, clearly there are 1,800 more movies and he's acquired jewels now. It's not just gold anymore. Well, and now he needs a princess to top it all off. Oh, a that's so true. A space princess. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, this movie. That I really honestly in my brain was so hopeful that, that Leprechaun 3 was in the hood. And at the end of the movie, like Ice-T straps him to some rocket and they send him off into space. That's and, like Wile like, Coyote. Yeah. I'm, I want to see that movie. <laughs> yeah, so the, the Leprechaun's whole 
goal in this one. Now, normally, like the leprechaun I know and love, it's like, oh, shit, somebody stole my gold and I'm a completist. I need every last piece. Yeah, I'm a completist. <laughs> this leprechaun is like, I have my gold. I'm going to use... <laughs> but I feel empty inside. <laughs> I, I, I would like to be a king. So I'm going to use my gold to, like barter or convince a penniless princess that she could trade gold in exchange for my hand in marriage. She was tied up, right? She was tied up. So she was a prisoner. Was Did he rescue her or was she captive? And then he was like, I'm going to woo you now. I have no idea. Now is the idea. wooing you process from the part of the kidnapping. Oh, wow. This movie is something else. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, though, uh, and I have seen some, there are not very many reviews, but there are there are user reviews, obviously. On IMDb, somebody gave this movie a star out of five. <laughs> Just, I guess they're trying to say it's less than zero. And you're like, oh, bad sets, bad premise, bad, no scares. Even Warwick Davis seems like it's phoning it in. I will say, I did not get that impression. Warwick Davis never phones it in. Yeah, right? Consummate professional. This guy is... Also, I don't think anybody making this phoned it in because they made him a tiny little hazmat suit. (laughs) They made him a tiny space suit. (laughs) That's proof positive that everyone cared. And this leprechaun's ever prepared. Like, oh, you're going to chop me up into like a bunch of small... No, sorry. You're going to blow me up with a grenade? Uh, and then By pee the way, on my dead hero body. moment. Hero of the day. Yeah, he, he totally, jumped on that grenade. He saved that princess. We're all over the place here, but no, it's important though. <laughs> it's important that we we put that out there that he did a good. There's there's no even if we walk beat by beat through this movie, none of it makes sense. So if you didn't do your homework and watch it beforehand, don't feel bad. <laughs> it's you are following along just fine. Uh, some merchants who are on like a Prometheus style mission where they just show up. Merchants. Uh, merchants? Mercenaries. I was I'm like, sorry. what? Merchants of death? Um, I was just going to say like military men. Yeah. They were like Marines. When we're first introduced to them. In camo, in space. Yeah, you, you said that. <laughs> it made so much sense. Like, why do you need camouflage in space? You're not in a jungle. <laughs> Like, their like, suits should just be this black. Is cave camo. Like, black with a few white dots on it. Like, we're actually just the night sky. We're a few stars. Oh, like galaxy camo? <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I so, want some galaxy camo pajama pants. And um, Miguel Nunez is on the team, which is which was an odd surprise. Who is that? You might, he's, uh, his name sticks in the movie. He's the, he's the black dude in the team. He's in uh, Return of the Living Dead. You would know him from Scooby-Doo. Hmm? He's the one warning them to like, you gotta get off. He's the voodoo guy. You gotta oh. get off this island. And they're just like, oh, you're a fun I guy. I need to rewatch Scoob. When we're first introduced to the team, Miguel Nunez is there. A guy who's got a really poorly put on uh, appliance oh, on his head. Oh, you can't just graze over that appliance, John. I want to designate the majority of this episode on that head appliance. <laughs> okay, full, pl- full pause <laughs> on the plot. Let's get into it. Every time we see him with that head appliance, which <laughs> so half of his skull is missing. They've yep. done like a Terminator-esque thing where he's got a legitimate metal plate. And it is his whole is half of his skull divided down the center like a complete pie slice. Yep. It's like he's been wearing it for six hours before they started filming, 
every single time he's on camera and because sliding down it has head. sunk down a full like inch and a half. So there's a seam in the skin colored putty around his head and his ear has a pound of extra fat around it. It is crazy. Yeah, it looks like in the chair. Awesome. Looks great. Let's get rolling. And then, yeah, they, they all the lights come on. It gets hot on set. He starts sweating and it just, it's dripping <sighs> down his head. It's all I could watch. So much so that halfway through the movie, I had to like, recap myself on where we were because every time he was on camera I was just watching the plate yeah and like that at some point we stopped talking about the movie and we start oh it looks good on this angle like, oh no he turned his head no. yeah like it was like different angles and shots You're like oh wait did they reapply it like oh no no it's just a good angle yeah it's wild. It was crazy. And of course, his name is... He is a lead character. <laughs> yeah, like Captain Metalhead Hooker. Oh, man. He's your stereotypical jackass military guy. And what's funny is when our, I, I guess, protagonist shows up, Tina, uh, she's she's been assigned to the team, and she's there, and they got to protect her, and she's going to watch over them. She's some sort of doctor slash scientist. Uh, and he's like, who the hell sent a woman down here? I need answers. Like, they're on... They don't know each other. They've never met. They're on the same ship. So I get the impression there are hundreds of crew members. We yeah. Only, we only see five people ever. Who is piloting this ship? <laughs> exactly. We never get to the control room. We don't know that there's a captain. As far as I know, these five drunks do everything. And like everything goes down on the ship. Like all the leprechaun stuff, all of the weird, the fly stuff. It all happens on the ship. And at some point, there's still a captain piloting it. Yeah, there's still just cruising through space so that that means that the overall mission for the ship is more than just this like this is like just I one have, small reason they're i in have space. no idea what their mission was because no. they go down to this cave where the leprechaun is whining and dining princess serena and they we they, don't know why they're going no they're like, we have we no gotta idea. go down we, we gotta go secure the target like and, i don't even think they say that and the thing is is when they actually capture princess Serena, so leprechauns in pieces one of the marines pees on him which i guess in this lore means he's gonna carry like like well, yeah, it's like a like... sexually transmitted disease he's carrying the leprechaun on board the ship in his <laughs> penis um so the, and they take Serena on board but they have no idea who she is they're just like unidentified woman uh, we're gonna try to save her and then like, they you mean find- to tell me the space princess was like this wasn't a rescue mission yeah because at some point she even says to the leprechaun like did my father hire you did you come searching for me because I guess she's run away from home or something why was she in chains <laughs> We don't know. And then there's this weird subplot. So the leprechaun who comes out of this guy's crotch. Let that be a lesson to you, lad. Always wear a prophylactic. Uh, Yeah. And starts slowly murdering the marines on the ship to get closer and closer and closer to Zarina. There's this side plot where there's this scientist and there's like this evil genius who I guess is funding the whole project. Dr. Mittenhand. He finds out that Serena's blood is like healing or regenerative, and then they're performing all these weird science experiments. But it has nothing to do with a leprechaun. I think that was always the plan. Like, I don't think it was a happy accident. I think the goal was literally get her 
and then play secretly with... though right without the marines I, I knowing? think so because also when they kill the leprechaun they're like all right target acquired like mission complete like you knew you were supposed to go down and kill a leprechaun what if you were in the united states military and they said to you okay we've got some intel we're going in we're getting the baddies your target is this man he goes by the name leprechaun <laughs> oh. oh that's just a regular day at work oh man the mitten hand the mitten hand subplot is so bizarre and it gets so weird. It is so odd. Because he's like, a, it's like a Prometheus style thing where they're getting, they're talking in real time, like Skyping with the, a guy who you assume is on another planet until, oh boy, I'm fake behind wall. A wall. Yeah. You know what's funny <laughs> is after that reveal, you realize how many busts of torsos there are in the whole room. Everywhere you look, it's decorated with just like bronze torsos because this guy is just a torso with an arm. Uh, and that that's it. And then and even that, he's not real. Like behind him, it's just a bunch of like tubes and liquids that pump into each other and he's he's more machine than man. My favorite thing is that every time they show him from the back or when they have him moving around It's a completely it's, it's a dummy. <laughs> purely a puppet because the back of him needs to be like uh, cyborg. Yeah. And they couldn't, obviously he's kind of a larger actor. They couldn't fi- actually fit him behind there. So there's just like a dummy head bobbling around. Oh, it, looks it looks horrible <laughs> and I love it. Dr. Mittenhand, you look much taller <laughs> in person. Thank you, Harold. I'll do the jokes. <laughs> Yeah, he's got. I think he's just got one organ at this point, right? Like, isn't it just a heart? A heart in like a tube. <laughs> Which, to be fair, looks more like a giant testicle, and it's just pumping liquids around. And every once in a while, like, oh, to crank up the tension, we zoom in on the heart, and it's just like pump, 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 pump. Also, there's a side side plot where the scientist who's under the the head honcho's thumb is sexually assaults the princess, but no big deal there. No big deal there. <laughs> there's a lot of that going on. It's there. There's a weird. They really, really have to try hard to figure out how to get women naked in space. A lot of it is just their clothes being ripped off oh my God, in like that's right. air shoots. Yeah. <laughs> And, and it being political for, for a woman to show her breast. Yeah, Zarina's just like, and here you go. And she t- opens her shirt. And, and uh, oh, on her planet, it's like the death kiss. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like, we're marked for death? That's why she showed me her boobs? Okay. Oh, And then by the end of the movie, the head scientist is running around in her underwear. <laughs> yeah. This... Because the spider took her pants. <laughs> this movie is something else. Uh, Warwick Davis also has a lot of, like, asides throughout the movie. He talks to himself so much. A lot. Like, quite a bit. (laughs) At one point I was like, is he literally just walking towards the camera and looking at it? I'm like, oh no, he's looking around. But is he looking at the camera? Sort of. He does such a good job. I do love him. He's, yeah, like, I, I have seen a handful of these movies now. He's great in all of them. And, like, the movie around him? No. No, <laughs> He's no, a no, lightsaber. No. Yeah, there's a lightsaber in this movie. Just briefly. The kills, I have to say, are pretty di- disappointing. Yeah. There isn't really anything. Even the lightsaber kill, like, you don't see yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of it's hidden, maybe for the sake of cost or off screen or whatever, which is crazy because there is a kind of big bang boom practical effect creature at the end oh yeah but all of the kills like we drop a crate on a character another character gets their suit torn open and then becomes a skeleton and you never see any like degeneration or anything seeing leprechaun though in that that little hazmat suit was pretty adorable (laughs) 
Well, he also, he throws somebody off a balcony and... Uh, I think her name is Dolores. She like falls to her death and then the camera they cut to it and there's nothing there. Yeah. Like we look down over the balcony and it's just like the same landscape we saw originally. <laughs> like oh. they didn't even like try and squiggle something in. And then when we finally meet up with her, like Dolores, are you okay? Like everybody in the scene assumes that she's dead. There's a teeny little spot of blood where her head definitely like hits some machinery. And then she, otherwise perfectly intact. And she wakes up and just like, oh. that scene was like so excruciatingly boring. I mean, a lot of it was. There's a lot of this movie that's just like padding the runtime. So the characters do a long. Oh, the characters do a lot of unnecessary shit. Like we cut back and forth between action just to, I guess, increase it and make it feel like it's intense. But we'll cut back to the leprechaun who's hunting down a guy in another room, and they both just like move around a little bit, and then we cut back. Like nobody got anything done in that. What is it that happens to Metalhead? Like, he gets hypnotized by the leprechaun or something? Oh, yeah. He he puts dynamite on him, and then all of a sudden, he's, like, under his spell. Is the dynamite real, though? Because I swear the dynamite just, like, fades into, like, view. Like, it's just like, oh, there's dynamite now. I, yeah. Maybe it's magical? I don't know. Magic dynamite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then and then he's in drag, and he's doing, like, a whole show. But the three Marines that are still left who could be going to fight Leprechaun are instead just, like, trying to fight off... Their sergeant, who's in drag, doing a dance, a fighty dance. A fighty dance. And then Leprechaun goes and rescues Serena in the meantime, because they're all just stuck in the bar, but not actually stuck in the bar. And you know, if that's not exciting enough, Mittenhand has tried to swap his DNA. Oh my god. And the Leprechaun catches them and (laughs) Meanwhile! Oh man. (laughs) So, like, yeah, the Leprechaun stops him and, and puts a spider and a scorpion in his, like, DNA milkshake. Makes him drink it, and now Mitten Hand has become Mitten, Mitten Spider. Spider. <laughs> Why didn't they come up with a better name? I like it. But Mitten Spider doesn't sound cool. <laughs> no. Oh. That full out pancake of the scientist's head, though, was pretty wonderful. Oh, yeah. It, it's like straight out of Drop Dead Fred, right? Where his head just gets smushed, and he's like, <laughs> I liked it. It was good. I don't know what else there is to talk about in the movie. Yeah. That's kind of it. <laughs> you know what's great, though, is I like to I like to imagine Brian Trenchard Smith, the director of this movie, who directed BMX Bandits, which is a legitimately good movie and, like, a cult film that you can watch with Nicole Kidman, like, super duper <gasps> young. Oh, she's got her curly hair. Yeah, that Australian movie. <laughs> it's so great. It's, like, perfect exploitation. BMX Bandits. They're wild in the streets. But... Uh, I'd just love to imagine him coming in to pitch the movie, and all he says is, Leprechaun 4, in space. And that's the, sold, it's yours! No, that's that's just the title, like, you got it, the money, it's all yours. Three million dollar budget, by the way. Wow. According to Wikipedia, three million dollar budget. I bet 90% of that went to 1995 CGI rendering of the outside of that ship. Wow, I saw better special effects on the show Reboot. There was a lot of exterior shots. Yeah. And you know, like, I'm, I'm sure in 1996, they looked cheap. Oh, they went but for it, though. fine enough, Good right? for them, though. Yeah. They the, did it. They did some establishing shots on, like, a planet filled with lightning. and like. Oh, yeah, my God, yeah. I forgot about that. And they're all just standing there. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I love how we go. To, it's, oh, we're going to touch down on this, this planet. And we're going to go find this guy. And then one cave. Like, it's, <laughs> we get a really. The cave design was weird. It was, like. Somebody had really starched some claws and arranged them to look like rocks. It was just like, I feel like I couldn't lean on those cave walls. Oh, definitely not. And we don't have the budget for it, so you better not <laughs> you even think about better it. better not. 
What a weird movie. Okay, so what is your most absurd takeaway from this movie? Like, what was the most absurd moment from Leprechaun 4 for you? Just that he's in space. I was going to say, and it can't be the premise. <laughs> the, the whole, yeah, the whole thing. It doesn't make any sense to me that he's in space. They did it for no goddamn reason. It's, uh, you know, like, we're going to talk about the another space take in another movie right after this, where I think they actually have a reason to be in space. But in this, they're just like, you know what? I want to make a Leprechaun movie. I don't think the last one ended very well. Fuck it. It's in the future. It's in space. Peep, space so hot right now. Um... <laughs> But was space even hot in the 90s? I don't know. <laughs> it had to be. I think it was sequel hot. Like, it's... it was like, woo, number seven, here we go. We have to give Leprechaun credit for going to space in number four. That's a good point. When we went to put it on and we were looking for it, it was like, Leprechaun 4 in space. And I was like, no way <laughs> is it, it number four. thought it Leprechaun 10? Yes, no way. Well, I think uh, Hellraiser went to, went to space in number four. Oh, man. I think it was probably that is just too that early. That is very brazen. This had to be around Event Horizon time. Right? I mean, you're running out of plots in number four. You got to go to space. <laughs> like that's that's how you know it's a bad sign. <laughs> Guys, this is the final frontier. You don't waste it on number four. <laughs> Once you go to space, there's nothing left. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so your takeaway is that it was in space. That was your biggest. Yeah, and that there's a. You know, honestly, you know what? The fact that a leprechaun is trying to marry a interplanetary princess for some reason, not the strangest thing for me. Like that No, kind of, that kind of fit. It was weird because it was just like, oh, we're going to fantasy space. Yeah. And like, I know all space is technically fantasy when you're sitting in the future, but she was like a gold sparkly princess <laughs> with purple eyebrows. <laughs> Mine is totally 100% the fact that the, the first Marine death is a guy that pees on remnants of Leprechaun. Like, that's the first one. And then goes back to the ship, and then he, like, comes out of his pants. You're not surprised, because you're like, yeah, this is... This is what you do. But just the the sheer fact that he's carrying like leprechaun spore. <laughs> or I like I I have to put logic to it. He's Well, we watch like the leprechaun like uh, like it electrocutes him? Kinda. It's like it's like, you know, in Joe Dirt where that guy peed he's on. He's got oil. a haunted penis. <laughs> he's got a haunted penis. It's like haunted by the ghosts of Irish folklore. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's good. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that the, the whole time uh, Dolores, the other, like the female grunt, is like, what did I do? Oh my God, is this me? And then later on, she's still lamenting about it to the captain. And he's like, you know, I mean, when you think about it, he went out all right. You know, you, you know, you know, I think I'd like to go out, you know, full mast or something dumb like that. It's like, you want to die with a boner? And then she's like, you know, maybe I could help you with that. I and then, what? <laughs> like, the whole like, conversation is strange. And he gets worried because I guess he still thinks that she maybe had something to do with it. There was like a lot of weird flirty dialogue. We had to watch a whole scene between the lead, Tina, and Books, Brooks, whatever his name is. I'm not sure. Where he goes to hit on her at the spaceship bar, and the conversation is just awkward. The whole thing's bad. Like, they both just suck at it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he's used to girls just being like, hey, you kind of look like an elongated uh, Sylvester Stallone. But yeah, like, she just shot him down completely. But we had to watch the whole conversation. Like, it was awkward from the beginning, it was awkward in the middle, and it was awkward in the end. And then he just walked away, and that was the whole scene. We haven't even touched on the fact that at some point the leprechaun gets hit with like a biginator and becomes like a colossal leprechaun. I'm huge. 
I'm magnificent. <laughs> All right. Big is good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Some of this just kind of felt like a fever dream to me because I... You know, despite how crazy this movie was, I was having a hard time staying awake for it. Oh, you are the worst. I, I know. It's my fault. You're I... like, we could watch both movies tonight. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. We're going to take a little break so we can go on our phones and then we're going to watch both movies. We didn't even get through one. It was like was 11 at out. night and he was like. I'm s- I ate a lot of tacos. <laughs> I needed a nap. I had a single beer, a thousand tacos. I was down for the count. <laughs> the dog stayed up later than you. Yeah, this movie's weird. My my favorite part, though, about the leprechaun being huge is that he wasn't <laughs> in high enough def to take up the majority of the screen because I guess they just filmed him at a regular frame rate they or whatever. They just blew him up, yeah. And then when they blew it up, he was, like, fuzzy. It'd be funnier. It, it would make more sense if they, like, hit him with a gun that turned him into electricity. So at least, like, he was fuzzy for a reason. Oh, like he was not clear. He was blurry because he wasn't high enough res. Oh, that's wild. They should have hit him with a small ray after that. But instead, they opened the airlock and they sent him off into space for him to do one final finger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, and so, then they killed the giant spider boss. Oh, yeah. Who was the other course. villain on the ship. So, uh, how would you rate Leprechaun 4 in space? Oh, boy. So despite like how crazy it was, it was actually kind of slow. Yeah. And this this almost it could have been like a 60 minute TV special. If it was shorter, it might have been better. Yeah, cuz there's like a lot of really fun kind of ideas and and Leprechaun being in space, like that's a huge novelty in itself. But a, a lot of the characters are really inefficient. Leprechaun is inefficient in scenes. He'll spend 20 minutes getting one person in a room full of pillars. Like, that's a lot of the plot. It's just like, there's a lot of obstacles in this room, and we're just going to walk around these boxes for 10 minutes. Uh, So I'm going to give it a one and a half out of four. One and a half? Wow, I'm going a one out of four. It's very generous. I did did not really like this movie. Do you remember what we gave Leprechaun 1? I don't know. I think I might have also given it a one out of four. I feel like we should now adjust previous earlier ones once you get later in the franchise like oh we got to do a relation bump oh like in relation to the first movie yeah. this one loses another <laughs> half a star oh man I, w- I won't lie i was not necessarily looking forward to seeing i'm it sure before. i'd seen it before maybe i'm sure i'd seen it on television or i i i wasn't a sleepover possibly i wasn't super duper looking forward to seeing it but i thought based on my love for other space movies uh we're gonna talk about it soon yeah uh i thought i would love it i thought it would just be like super cheese space ball. is my thing oh yeah i was not i'm not walking into this expecting it to be the, the greatest movie i've ever seen but i was ready for a fun movie and it drags yeah really drags. you know it, i have to say though it has not tarnished my opinion about sequels in space oh no still great i'm very for them always on board Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You want to talk about another sequel in space? I do. I really Maybe do. the greatest <laughs> sequel in space there's ever been? Let's get into it. Let's talk about Jason X. In the year 2455, on a routine training mission, a team of students is about to discover a life form frozen in time. Wow. They're on their way back. Prepare for docking and power the lab. You brought him on board? Everything's under control, man. He's an unstoppable killing machine. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. How do we get off the ship? I don't know. Look, we're gonna be all right. What? Are you high? Uh oh. <sighs> He's here. You have got to get them out of there. They slap me. I think we're finally okay. is that? You've got to be kidding me. Oh, wow. He's been modified. Oh, you think? You guys might want to run. we've all been waiting for Jason X from 2002 is currently sitting at a 4.4 out of 10 on IMDb mm-hmm. 20% on Rotten Tomatoes 25% on Metacritic Roger Ebert gave this a 0.5 out of 4 and currently on Letterboxd it holds a 2.1 out of 5 so every time I watch Jason X and I know this is no surprise because I I do bring it up a lot we do Every time I watch this movie, it climbs in my favorite Friday 13th films. Every single time. It might be at the top now. I, I need to revisit the other ones, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure this one is winning. <laughs> I unapologetically love this movie. And it's not like a, oh, this movie's so bad, it's so good. It kind of is, but like I just... <laughs> okay, sort of, but okay, it's also man. really good. <laughs> I love this movie. I think it's so good. All of the Friday the 13th movies are pretty cheesy. I don't think that's a hot take, you know? This one, 
is perfect. It's so great. And it's so unlike any of the other Friday the 13th. Yeah, and... I know Freddy vs. Jason gets a lot of credit for for doing the the meta Jason Freddy take, but Jason X, I almost think the the hologram sequence, which I'm sure we'll get to in a bit, is better. Which is it's it's a lot for me to say that because I do actually really like Freddy vs. Jason. I am a big Freddy vs. Jason fan, but the meta aspect of the holograph sequence, I just, oh, I cannot get over it. So good. I know we'll talk about it, so I'm not going to get into it, but. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll try and walk our way through this movie. Well, the first thing I wanted to bring up, and I already derailed us. Okay. Why do we all, and I mean you guys too, <laughs> you, John, oh. you, audience, yep. me, the world, the horror universe, how did we all know that this was Jason X? Like, unanimously not call it Jason 10. I think it's because we have an uber Jason. Like, we have a transformed Jason. Like, he is more metal than I know man. there were trailers, but like... Oh, well, maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe the trailers okay, say Jason X. Okay, so we, we definitely discovered this post-release as children. Um, I remember maybe being at pretty, release. I remember being pretty stoked for this movie coming out. But how do we know? Like, I just... We all just accept that it's Jason X, and I love that about the film because that's just the title. I embrace that so much that when I hear people say Jason 10, it doesn't You've work. heard people say Jason 10? Oh, Because I yeah. never have. All the time. Oh. And it's usually non-horror people. Okay, so I'm coming from a place where I'm just like, yeah, so we all just understand Jason, Jason X. X. If you called it Friday the 13th 10 or Friday the 13th part 10, I'd be for you that. You can't, though. No, because it's called Jason X. <laughs> That's exactly well, why. Well, and they didn't have the rights for the Friday the 13th title, which is why Jason Goes to Hell didn't have Friday the 13th in nope. it. Nope. Uh, Freddy versus Jason and Jason X. Yeah. Ah, uh, the it's Friday made- the 13th lawsuit. Something that, you know, we don't really have to deal with na- in modern times was no. purely a thing of Slasher's past. Yeah, that's all been taken care of. And we have a new Friday the 13th coming out every Jason year. 2020. <laughs> that would have been so good. Something I realized... This time around, like how often are you? What gonna... your, what's your hot take, John? <laughs> it's not a hot take. It's not a hot take at all. But like, how often do you see a movie like Jason X and go, "Oh my god, it took thirty-five rewatchings to notice this little detail," <laughs> and then everybody scowls at you? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like you watch Jason X thirty-five times, and you're just like, "I'm just Maybe. gonna put my hand down." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really, really like this movie. I don't think a year has gone by where we haven't watched it at least once or twice. If we are in the mood to watch a Friday the Thirteenth marathon or whatever. It's guaranteed that we're watching Jason X. Oh, totally. It's in there. We actually set up our viewing, and I'm going to let you tell your story. (laughs) We set up our viewing to have a little intermission right between uh, Jason's death and Uber Jason. And I have to say, it is probably the best way to watch Jason X. Watching it like it's a special (laughs) cinema presentation opera theater thing. And then like Jason dies, and you're like... And act one is done. And the curtain, yeah. Yeah, like, curtain The lights closes. come back on. So you all go to the bathroom. Somebody refills their drink. People grab popcorn. You sit back down. You're refreshed. Part two. <laughs> I don't understand why they had intermissions way back in the day. I love them. Why don't we have them now? Well, I love them too. But in my mind, I was always like, oh, cigarette breaks. But at that time, people were just smoking in the theater. It was for cocktails and shit, I think. And, oh, and can mingling. You and, but. Think of how many less idiots we'd have looking on their phones if they knew that they would have like a phone break halfway through the movie. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. Because every theater now, I see a screen or two pop open. Oh, that's And sucks. people think that they like holding it into their chest makes it 
better, but you can fucking see it. If that bugs you too, seek out your local film festival because those are your film fans, your cinephiles, and they are the people that respect They will stone the- you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this time around. Your, your point, I'm sorry. Hot take. No, From it's okay. John, right now. Oh, it, does, it requires no lead I'm hyping up. it Now up. it's nothing. <laughs> now it's nothing. 34 watches. We open, at, first off, the title credits, so great. Like, we're inside Jason's mind. <gasps> the fucking... Oh, this like film you think, from the get-go is so fucking creative. And you think you're in hell, right? This because- is inspired. Hot <laughs> <laughs> take, Jason X, inspired. So you think you're in hell, and you're like, we're going through like a hellscape, and it's so crazy. And then we like, as we pull out, we realize that it's more like a fight club scenario where we're like inside his brain. And, we're and then watch- we're in a syringe. Yeah, we go into the fucking needle, <laughs> and like we see his blood go through. Oh, man. Like, we like this movie too much. Oh, the best, though, is, like, when the credits are all done and we're, like, we're kind of back in Jason's body and the assistant, like, cuts open. Oh, and we peer and through the yeah! wound up to the doctor. And it's like we're being born into Jason X. Like, we are coming out of the Jason womb, ready to experience space. Not quite how I was thinking of it, but that makes sense. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, did I take that? Did I take that and go? <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Uh, I'm going to take it and go in a completely different direction. Was that so, your hot take, though? That was my hot take, okay. yeah. It's it all... was very, it was steamy, John. It no. was good. Yeah, so we've got Jason. He's all tied up. He's in this facility, and David Cronenberg's there, and he's like, we need to do more research. If the fact that his tissue regenerates itself begs for more investigation uh and anyway so they go into that room i love that david cronenberg's in this because uh he agreed to do it as long as he could die that was his <laughs> was that actually david cronenberg that's david cronenberg i thought you were just like yeah this david cronenberg dude and i was like i'll allow yeah, it yeah he looks like cronenberg yeah you know why though because they filmed this in toronto and everybody involved in jason x is canadian which might be why we like it so much oh maybe because it's just got like a canadian filter to it this looks like Breaker High, like interstellar Breaker High. <laughs> I, I kind of recognize all these people from TV shows of my childhood. I've never said this before, but their accents are spot on. <laughs> <laughs> this is how space would sound. Canadian. Man, that is the worst about all indie sci-fi television. It all it's looks all Canadian. very Canadian. <laughs> All of these actors, so I briefly looked up just to see what projects other people had done. They are all on, like, Andromeda and yeah. all of those other, like, daytime TV space shows. Every single one of them. So they just continued on their Jason X life. <laughs> they've, they've all been connected to the, the Stargate franchise one way or the other. There's so many Stargates. It's bizarre. Okay, so my favorite part about the intro, the pre-space, 2010 Jason X. Yep. Is we still haven't gotten to my point. <laughs> David, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. No, because no, this relates to your Cronenberg conversation. Yeah. So go ahead. Uh, so yeah, Cronenberg uh, is coming in. We see Jason. He's all tied up and they're just walking. He, they've got him in like a warehouse and he's the only thing inside the warehouse. But the floor is wet. Like ev- <laughs> everywhere the floor is wet. And I, I don't think I ever gave it any thought because it's like when you watch a... Because when you watch a car commercial or any scene where cars are ripping down the road, like the roads... Any nighttime sequence, anywhere. Everything's wet. Yeah. It just looks good, right? It's reflective. It's cool. It's dynamic. So I think that's just what I was. my brain was locking into. Like, oh yeah, cool. Wet the floor a little bit. It'll look great. <laughs> I think it's just because they figure that's his weakness. So there's a, there's a layer of water across the whole warehouse. <sighs> it's almost like they've put a bear trap like everywhere that he could possibly step. Because I guess they think if he gets into a puddle... <laughs> It'll weaken him. He freezes him. up. One thing, it just occurred to me, what if 
there's got to be somebody out there who's working on a really long, stupid story where Bruce Willis's character from Unbreakable becomes Jason. <laughs> That's pretty good. But I was just thinking, so if they th- believe in 2010, Jason's afraid of water so much so that he won't go in a puddle. Yeah. Just picture, like, the cut scenes from like Friday the 13th part 3 when it's raining and Jason is just inside his lair <laughs> waiting for it to stop raining <laughs> he's like one of those dogs that needs a thunder blanket <laughs> but it's his mom's sweater oh my god like a, like they weighed it yeah <laughs> that's why he keeps that sweater okay so two side points yes they actually wanted to have Betsy Palmer in this and she was gonna repi- reprise the mother role which in a hologram been, which would have been a fucking oh. dope hologram because apparently she was performing in a theater thing in Toronto when they were filming this in 1999. Nice. Uh, It just didn't work out. But can you imagine if she was a fucking hologram? That would have been so cool. Oh, that would have been the greatest thing ever. I think that would have raised Jason X up on some diehard fans' top list. It would have brought it up a couple points, I think. But what I wanted wanted to say about the Cronenberg scene where where they come in and they're like, okay, we don't want to cryogenically freeze him because he's got regenerative, regenerative, regener regenerating tissue regenerative mm, fuck nope See? i'm also lost there's there's a couple t's i don't know where they go <laughs> in my brain i'm like nah he i got re- this he regenerates and they think that's lucrative and so they're like no we're gonna study him more and i just picture in my head this scene doesn't happen but if if jason x went a different way and it wasn't space i just picture them transporting jason to like another facility kind of like free willing. yes where there's wetting them down like every so often <laughs> locomotive (laughs) oh that's so good and uh so that's what would happen if i was writing jason x (laughs) why wasn't there a scene like this is 2002 there should have been they should have gone real hard on this movie there should have been a scene where they were waterboarding jason in that room right this was like peak oh the american government's doing some fucked up stuff behind closed doors this guy's afraid of water it's his weakness we could have had a darker more political friday the 13th the funny thing is, is this is actually one of the least dark of the friday the 13th yeah, this movie's movies. fun and our first kill is well Maybe i mean the best our first of the space kill i'm gonna say our first space kill like the the shirts in the 2010 okay let's you gotta, take down jason you can't, you can't gloss over that you <laughs> explain shirts <laughs> it's something you've been using a lot lately and it just came out of nowhere and even i had to piece it together what do you mean everybody says shirts John. is that true no oh <laughs> but it's i think I, it's, I immediately felt old i, was I like, think oh, it's God. gatherable it's characters that are put in a film purely to die and they're not given names sometimes they talk mostly it's just like oh <laughs> that's a shirt like the red shirts from star trek sure that's where it, that's oh god i love that you're like <laughs> you're using something that yeah uh, i mm. how did you come up with this uh i don't remember but it came up in the darkness falls episode and then darkness falls's anniversary was recently and then i thought about the darkness falls episode and i remembered the shirts conversation and here we are that was shirts. a journey Shirts exist. You asked. Okay. That's how brains work. Okay, you're right. So we've got some shirt kills at the beginning. Uh, and, but yeah, once we're in space, probably the best kill of the franchise, right? Yeah, and I think I, I think there's no contesting this point. I'm sure a lo- it's on a lot of lists. It's on a, Everybody's kind of on the same page with this one. They did a fucking Mythbusters episode on it. No way. Yeah. No. I do not know the results, so we're going to need to watch it on YouTube. I'm sure false. Or possible? I don't know. It seems <laughs> it seems possible to me. <laughs> I don't know. How do they want to bust that myth? 
Maybe they use like a gelatin head. Oh, probably. Just yeah. to see if they could like crack it. Maybe a pig or something. Ew. It's maybe the most dangerous death that he's ever attempted because I his love... hand has to be that close to that. Thing, I just right? love how quickly he grasped the the components of that 2000, what is it, 2455 yeah. science lab. He's just like, oh, really cold air. <laughs> yeah, like he figures out faster how to use nitroglycerin. What is I, it? Yeah, I think that's it. No. Dry ice? Well, it's probably dry ice in the studio. Oh, but... God. What, cry. Cry. <laughs> the cryogenic he... area of the science lab. <laughs> Maybe it's because he saw her just freeze his other eye for no reason. Like the eyeball saw? Yeah, what oh, was maybe. up with that? Maybe it did. That whole operating lab is incredibly unhygienic. She just lets goo drip as it may. <laughs> she's just, she's not in any sort of hazmat suit. She's not doing, there's blood all over the floor. She's just, oh, let's just pick up this eyeball and dip it into this bath of nitroglycerin. Also, now that we're in space, I do want to take a second to talk about the outfits. And purely for this science lab scene, but it comes up everywhere else. She is wearing like a grandma knit cardigan sweater thing. It's like a spacey cut, but it is... <laughs> It's got, that, it's got that space like cut got, that was so hot last season. <laughs> it's got fuzzy yarn. And it's just like, that is not something that you can wear in a lab or like an operating room because it, like, it's porous. Yeah. It, it just, like, you, you get goo on it and the goo sinks in. Like, not like scrubs or any, but everybody is wearing this weird knit stuff. And the, the cuts it's it's so cold and the space. hair and the styling, it is literally like we're watching an NSYNC music video set in space. Oh, you're so right. I just, like, I love it so much. <laughs> I can't handle it. The outfits. Oh, even the robot. She has a great outfit, too. And her hair. Oh, Oh, KM 14. Yeah. Isn't it 47? Uh, I wrote down 14. What did I write down? Maybe we're learning now live on the podcast. I did did write down 14. Okay. All right. Um, Man, this movie's just a bucket of fun. Okay. There are plenty of bad spots where it's like. He's talking Name to Name one. <laughs> uh, well, definitely where he's talking to like the art dealer or whatever. Somebody back home who he's going to sell Rowan and, and Jason to. And he's like, Voorhees? That isn't Jason Voorhees, is it? Mad crazy mass killer from 400 years ago on a different planet that I know about. What? No. No. That's not. That's never going to happen. On the other hand, kill we 200 remember, people. remember like Jack the Ripper. That was not 450 years ago. How many years ago was it? Uh, just a little over a hundred. Okay, fine. Attila the Hun. Yeah, but I feel like things like Attila the fine. Maybe you've won this one, but <laughs> but uh, didn't that just shape like Genghis the Khan? World? Yeah, I know, but they 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 started a war with the world. Jason was just like, man, New Jersey sucked for like twenty years there. <laughs> like, that was that was about it. All right, fair. I guess we should also mention, too, now that we're in space, Rowan, who was going to cryogenically freeze him in 2010, got stabbed by Jason in the freezing process, and the whole room, the whole room in 2010 got frozen, so Rowan came along for the trip. And she is awoken, and she becomes 2455's final girl. And she knows a lot about the spaceship, like, right away. She's real good at being like, we should just blow off half the ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about these things? What if we just, like, connected some chargers and, and detonated them and disconnected everything? Yeah. She's she's uh, she's ready to go. She came fully assembled. <laughs> these are all students, right? Like, they're here on credit. 
Yeah, so I'm assuming the ship, because we're in we're in Canada here making this film, 1999, is this not just Breaker High in Space? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, totally Breaker High in Space. <laughs> and I'm very, very into it. Man, was there ever like a Halloween episode of Breaker High where there was a killer on the ship, quote unquote? There has to have like, been. Like there had to have been a slasher episode on that boat. Side note, if you are not Canadian, which most of you are not, Breaker High was a Canadian television show in the late 90s. Both... Tyler Labine from Tucker and Dale vs. Evil and Ryan Gosling from Hollywood were <laughs> on that show and they were these like goofy side characters who are hilarious and so much fun. It was like, I- I'm saying this fondly because I haven't seen the show in 20 years. It was a really great show. I mean, I really remember the belly dancing episode where Tyler Labine just like schooled everyone. Uh- I remember the one where he, the whole episode was him learning how to fold a burrito. <laughs> Honestly, I think we've had this conversation in the podcast before. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> but yeah, similar idea to Breaker High and Jason X. You get a group of students, you put them on a ship, and then you just get them the fuck away from their parents. Like, <laughs> we don't want these kids. You deal with them and give them school credit. <laughs> and and as you'd expect in a, in a spaceship full of students, first five minutes, everybody is naked. <laughs> uh, exactly, Even yeah. the professor. Yeah, the professor... Uh, he's got a very interesting barter system for good grades. Let's just put it that way. Uh, because she, and like, are those medical forceps or whatever that she's using? Forceps might not be the right word, but I like medical forceps? tongs that she's <laughs> using to, to twist his nipples. Because <laughs> otherwise, that's something that she brought with her on the ship. There's no like local outpost floating in the middle oh, of the Oh, they definitely space. just came from the science lab. Oh, that's gross. Because Jason picked up a space age machete in the yeah. science lab. The science lab has everything, right? What are they ever going to need that machete for? Cutting open Jason Voorhees. The thing is as big as him. Like, how would you? That'd be like trying to carve the Christmas turkey with Paul Bunyan's axe. Like, it just doesn't make any damn sense. Real convenient, though. What do you think is stronger, that space-age machete or the machete that can apparently cut through five inches of steel of a cryogenic chamber? Oh, um, well, I love the scene when Jason gets the his hands on the classic machete and he's, like, deciding between the two. <laughs> like, he's, like, literally, like, weighing them in his hands. Goes for old reliable. But the new machete looks real good with uh, Uber Jason. Can you imagine Uber, Uber Jason with a classic machete? It could not. It wouldn't work. There's just too much of a contrast too much between chrome. the two. Yeah, no. What are our thoughts on Uber Jason? Cutting right to it. I don't even care. First off, I love the mask in this movie. Not the Uber Jason mask. I love the regular mask. I love his fuzzy hair. You like his hair? I do. He's Because he's like old. Because it's 2010, so it's in the future. And they've aged Jason pretty considerably. Which doesn't really make sense. Because he's definitely a zombie at this point. Yeah. Like, he's been killed many a time. Electrocuted, brought back, whatever. But his hair is so fuzzy. So you just probably just like Kane Hodder's actual hair is what you're getting at. So fuzzy. <laughs> I love his mask. Like, it's got a really cool sort of flat feature in the front of it where it bumps out. You know, so he doesn't, like, bruise his lips in case uh, somebody punches him. He's very gooey, though. He's crazy gooey. Like, green and brown goo. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah, like, it's very swamp water goo. Oh, I, mean, I, I think like that's that. blood. The, the blood is, like, dark brown. I remember green, green, yeah. And gooey. I think it's trying to fuse to his face at this yeah. point, right? Yeah, and they gotta, if, like, cut it off. Ugh. Why did she do that? She cut all the way around the mask and then lifted the mask. And then she's just <laughs> like, like, oh, you're what? ugly. And then she, like, puts it back down. Yeah, I don't think she needed to cut. I am so- <laughs> She didn't need to cut up there. And then he's got this scar appliance on his head the whole movie because somebody cut around his goddamn mask. 
That I don't know. Um, I don't honestly know how I feel about the Uber Jason mask. Whoa, I love it. I love Uber Jason in total. He's so meaty. Yeah, <laughs> he is like a one thousand percent beefcake. Calm down over there. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you're 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 making the like arm flex. Well, like so. his arms are so big, like he wouldn't have been able to like button up his pants if he had them. Yeah, he's lucky that some robots put them on for him because they definitely turned the dial <laughs> up to God, like Venice these Beach. Shoes we- don't have laces. <laughs> He looks cool as shit. Um, and his eyes. His eyes are the coolest part. So that's oh, the thing. They're like, so good. Like the whole, like the close ups on that mask, like chrome face, red eyes. Fuck yeah, that looks awesome. I bet it sucked to wear those contacts. Oh my for... God, every time you were just like, oh, oh poor King Hunter. <laughs> that poor man. But you're right. Like when he's got like. 1800 pounds of muscle and we're doing like the, that standard cane hotter like deep breath before like I turn I do space now I do space now <laughs> I um I love the whole look the mask is okay I like it it fits the ensemble no that's the thing it fits the ensemble but it's just like eh it doesn't look as great as I would like it to but for Uber Jason totally fits love the look super great What's I think funny, he accessorized the outfit perfectly <laughs> I don't think he had anything to do with it well, the nanobots did a great job. Yeah, those tiny little style guide buys. Yeah. Most, like, the best kills in this movie are all before Uber Jason anyway. That's the craziest part. That is the craziest part. And the kills in this movie are inventive, creative, and so fucking dope. Why don't people like this movie? They're pure audience pleasers. Like, we have a guy who rotates down a giant screw. You know, the reason people don't like that is because when they when he's discovered, somebody goes, we found Briggs. He's screwed. Like, that's that's great. Like, that's awesome. I loved it. I, like, clapped my hands. Yeah. Like, oh, so cheese. It's so great. I love how often he goes back to, the like, the piloting area to kill whoever is now sitting in the pilot oh, seat. Oh, man. And the pilot is hilarious. Yeah, Fat Lou, that's oh. his name, yeah. His lines, every time they cut back to him, it's gold. I almost wish he could comment on the whole movie. It'd be great if he continued on as a narrator. Oh, <laughs> like, he, because he could hear everything through the monitor or whatever. I would love if he could just just quip on everything. He's oh, so funny. Speaking of hearing everything through the monitor, why is the audio for the military grunt's mission to hunt Jason piped through the whole goddamn ship? Like, all of our main characters who are hiding and scared are listening to the military people die one by one. <laughs> Oh no, he's alone in there. <laughs> what like, do we do? And my favorite part, though, is that where they're holed up in, because once all of the military is dead, Jason's banging at the door, and then he stops, and they're like, Is he there? He's not there anymore. And then he just breaks through a glass wall. Like, you guys hid in a room with a glass wall <laughs> with a, a battering ram after you? <laughs> yeah, just a walking battering ram with a knife. <laughs> Man, I love when he gets pinned by the, one of the grunts. Like they, he he uh, he shoots him and kicks him, and he falls on uh, like a big spike, and that's how he's holding Jason up. And like he does that fucking cool thing where he like grabs a chain and lifts himself off the spike. But moments later, when we discover that guy's body, uh, <laughs> Jason has put him on the spike. Like he's, it's like that game, was a nice cut. Yeah, it's like game recognized game. Like this was good. I'm gonna reuse it. My favorite part, though, about that whole, like, let's just kill all of the military members on the ship Yeah, sequence, right quick. Is the ship is a pure just, like, set piece because there's just random, like, chains and pillars and, like, dripping pipes and gooey lighting and stuff. And you're just like, feel like the ship that they're on is way more maintained than this holding 
area they've created. Yeah, like if there was a sign in front of the door before they came in, it would say mechanical room to be murdered in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we, we had a really that confusing part. We always forget that they are in. We've seen this movie so many times, but we always forget that they're in a... Like ARG. Or- yeah, they're yeah they're in like one of those virtual reality rooms when when they're first hunting Jason because they're they're essentially playing a, a similar game right where they're hunting around like a leaky boiler room that's all steamy and stuff and it's just like why does this place look like a dump? Uh, it, it, well I don't understand why it gets us every time but the virtual reality in this movie is too good. Oh, so fun! And it's, it's yeah. The, the monsters and stuff are such a fun surprise, too, because you're just like, what the fuck is happening now? And the fact that Jason is in that world. And can interact with it. And he, like, kills the virtual reality them. Like, it's so perfect. Yeah, but even just that, where how we use it as a trap to keep him uh, occupied while they're trying to escape the ship. Oh, it's so perfect. It's genius. And it gives you everything. You're like, okay, cool. We got... A movie in space, and like I've seen a bunch of horror movie fran like franchise horror movies set in space. They don't all work. Hello, Leprechaun. Um, because at some point halfway through, you remember what it was that you loved about the movie. You're like, oh, I kind of really liked Leprechaun, like in the forest, you know, like fighting some kids around a farmhouse, and like that's that's true about Jason X because you know, like you're having a great time, you're enjoying it, some drinks with your friends, you're laughing your head off because obviously this is the best of the franchise. We've all agreed on that. Uh, but at some point, oh, I really wish we were at a camp. Like, it, it's it's the same as if we put Jason in the snow. We can't do it for a whole movie because we still need him to go to camp. This is what the virtual reality gives us. It gives us everything we fucking want. Well, and it's also just a nod to a now educated audience because in 2001, like, we've had two decades of slashers. And it just says to your audience, like, we know that his weakness is his strength. Mm. in that he he's repetitive and he has he has to do this thing this way and it's going after sexy co-eds when they're having sex and vulnerable at camp hey you want a beer or do you want to smoke some pot or we can have premarital sex yeah because he knows that he's in a virtual reality room he can see the kid but he's but but he can't resist yeah and yeah and it's just like his his DNA, if he has any left, is just to hunt that particular thing. Like, that is his bread and butter. So good. So, so good. And on top of that, like, also the end of this movie is brilliant. The end of this movie is fucking incredible because, yeah, we've had our virtual reality Friday the 13th. But on top of that, we are on our way back to Earth 2. And there's no way to stop Jason. He's outside. He's in the escape pod. He's in the rescue ship. Oh, and then boom, Brodsky comes in, knocks him out into Earth's orbit where he goes down as a shooting star into our new Crystal Lake. Guys, this movie rocks. Did you not want Jason X.2? Because I still want. want Jason X part two. I want just Jason X point two. If we like, okay, so that guy all fucking covered in seaweed and yes. shit. Oh, Uber Jason would be so dope in actual Crystal Lake. Oh, I can't wait. And he, you have to deal with rust and shit. Why aren't we? Like, he's got to grease himself up. Oh man, you know, the, the problem, he's got to grease himself up. No, 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 we leave him rusted. Reminder, he's, he's a beefcake. <laughs> I'm so uh, I'm so upset that this movie didn't do better because we probably would have gotten that movie because the, regardless of how the franchise lawsuit is going, we could still have Jason X movies. 
I don't know, though. Oh, yeah. Because right. what the issue now is, is they're fighting over, I think, the... I, the it's, character. It's just very convoluted because the whole franchise wouldn't exist without the first film, but Jason himself has evolved into a completely separate profitable franchisable thing yeah it's not as simple as the child's play versus chucky thing okay which is not necessarily simple but whatever oh well oh, were there any kills good. that we didn't talk about that you really wanted to bring up because i could think of two uh yeah you can go ahead i, I wanted like do i want to pick favorite kills but i think we've talked about most of the ones i i want to talk about so there are there are two for me that i just super appreciate i think they're great one is Brodsky, because it's, it's not really a kill, but he is the last guy oh, with the grunts. So yeah, he's like Jason's arm just like punches through a wall and holds him and he stabs him. He's like, it's going to take a little more than a poke in the ribs to stop this old boy. And he stabs him a second time. He's like, yeah, that'll do it. Like, fuck. So yes. good. So great. <laughs> and, and also this, like, this is a very small thing. And this is something that I, I think I've seen the model in the Friday the 13th game. But when we are in that virtual reality room for the first time and we're with the stoner character, character can't remember his name but jason picks him up breaks his back and tosses him oh, beside him like it's such oh i hit my microphone i got too excited <laughs> it looks so good and it's got so much weight to it and like you believe how fucking big and strong this guy i love is. how swiftly it is yeah. done though because it's it the film is very light and I say that it's one of the most, like, silly and fun and not safe, but uh, the least offensive of the slashers. That kill is completely goreless and, like, it happens so quickly that you you can't even process how dark and just disregarded that entire character is. Yeah, and, like, you know there's no way you'd ever be able to beat this guy whatsoever. He's an unstoppable machine. Like, that's fucking chilling when you take a second to look at what just happened there. But yeah. the movie doesn't give you that opportunity because it's like, oh, no, we're funny. <laughs> I love that he gets a chance to cut that kid's arm off even when he's cryogenically frozen. Like, you can't stop Jason. It doesn't matter what status he's in or what stasis he's in. He will cut you up. So, Kim, what is your rating of Jason X? So, I really I really want to give this film a four out of four. I do, too. Uh, can I do it, though? Can it be done? I think at the end of the day, I can admit that it's not a quote-unquote good movie. But that's not how we do ratings here on the podcast. It is all about how much we enjoy it ourselves, for, for the most part. And it's so weird to say that this is like a near-perfect right? <laughs> film for me. I'm with you! Oh, it's so cheesy and enjoyable and like... I don't normally like shit in spaceships. Like, I'm just like, ugh. But it's a blast. It's so fun. Yeah. I'm going to give this just to recognize that like it's not like the greatest movie ever made and people don't love it. I'm giving it a three and a half out of four. Ooh. Yeah, okay. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of four as well. Yeah, I don't feel bad about it. The only, the only like, ooh, was that the wrong score to give is because I still think I should give it a four out of four. <laughs> this movie rocks. I love this movie. Oh, man. What a, f like, every time I watch that movie, I like it more. Yes. It's so fun. And I'm thinking right now, like, when I think about the rest of the franchise, like, do I like it more than the first one? Maybe. Do I like it more than part four? Like, ugh, I gotta rewatch some of them. But I like Jason X more than a lot of the other entries in, in Friday the 13th. Do you like it more than Manhattan? Oh, uh, yes. I like it more than Manhattan. Ooh, <laughs> and I like Manhattan. You have a shirt for Manhattan. That's right. <laughs> Let us know what you think of Leprechaun in Space and Jason X. 
You can tweet at us over on Twitter at NOFS Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Instagram.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. We are on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Nightmare on Film Street. It's a whole month of space horror over at NOFSpodcast.com. This is just a small sampling of everything we have available for you. Get your celestial horror on. Let's talk about the unknown. Let's go into the beyond where where Uber Jason lives. Please revisit this movie. If it's been a while since you've seen it, it's a lot of fun. Get some friends together. Watch it. It's the perfect party movie. If you liked this episode and you want to support Nightmare on Film Street, you can head to Patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. We have a ton of bonus content there, including... Fresh reviews of movies straight out of the theater, other bonus episodes, shoutouts on the show, tweets, merchandise, and tons more. That is over at patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. But until next time, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay, Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.